0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: This week on The Mike Wise Show, we have a new NBA champion, and there are so many moments to reflect on. But first, Darlene, do your thing! The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN.
0: He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike?
1: Thank you again, Darlene, for everything you've done this season. You're indispensable. You are our sixth man of the year is what you are. You always are. On Tuesday, the Bucks capped off their championship run with their fourth straight win after dropping the first two games of the NBA Finals. It was the second time Milwaukee overcame an 0-2 deficit in the playoffs. They trailed Brooklyn 0-2 in the second round before winning that series in seven games. This week, my producer Bruce Bernstein joins me to reflect on the season and hopefully add a bit of perspective to everything we've seen during these NBA Finals. Bruce, what'd you think about last night?
0: I was amazed by many things in this series and certainly on, on Game 7. But my lasting memory of Game 6 is going to be the enormous crowds in the Deer District. I don't know if that was a super spreader event or just <laughs> an entire city parachuting down into some real estate outside the Fiserv <laughs> Forum, but I was just so happy for the <laughs> Milwaukee fans. They, they, they were wonderful.
1: Well, it, it was, it was really a, it was almost a communal gathering. It was something that I hadn't seen since, well, basically January 6th in Washington DC, except, uh, except these people weren't warped bastards that were trying to overthrow the country. So I, I thought that I give them a lot of credit. I love that it. it's like post it really, even though people, um, we don't even talk about it anymore, but there's more than 400 deaths a day in the country from COVID but it feels like post-COVID or it's getting there. Um, And gosh, uh, to see the fans going nuts like that, to see people actually uh, getting into an NBA game um, in in the flesh, in person or outside the arena, was just a treat. And look, it all begins and ends with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, what an amazing postseason run by the Greek freak, where to begin Go ahead. Hit me with the stats last night because that alone blew me away. We counted this guy out about three times this postseason between the bad free throws, um, uh, a couple of blown missed opportunities in other games, including the Brooklyn series. And I, I don't think anybody saw them winning this until they actually won game five. I think people like we didn't we say the Suns in six or seven. Most people said the Suns in six and seven. Six or
0: seven. I had predicted Suns in seven, but um I also could never have predicted that Giannis Antetokounmpo would have hit 17 of his first 18 free throw attempts yeah. with everything on the line in game six. But, you know, it's funny on July 6th, the day of game one, we weren't even sure if Giannis was going to play in the finals. He had that right. extended knee in game four against Atlanta in the Eastern finals but we did have a little bit of an inkling that things might not have been super bleak. Cause if you remember during games five and six against Atlanta, he was on the bench. He was standing up, stalking the sidelines the entire game. And I thought to myself at that point, okay, you know, there's hope here for Milwaukee fans, but um, he has certainly placed himself uh, in the Pantheon, which is not Greek like the Parthenon, but the, the Pantheon <laughs> of NBA finals uh, performers with so many memorable moments. And uh, it was just remarkable to see. Yeah. And, and we're, we're both so happy for our friend of the show, uh, Milwaukee Bucks owner, Mark Lazry and his family. Wonderful job. OK, well, so we need to get him on. Lasry, um, like, tell him, hey, congratulations. Now, come on
1: our show. We had a lot to do with your success this year. Actually, we had nothing to do with it. That show happened two years ago. But nonetheless, <laughs> it'd be nice to hook up with a billionaire again that's not in Dallas. Uh, I will say this, this was the greatest moment <sighs> involving like basically putting the NBA and Greece together. Um, and this is the greatest moment since Shaquille O'Neal visited Athens as a young rapper. And, and he was asked by Kelly Naki of ESPN. Um, what did you think of the Parthenon? And Shaq looked at her deadpan and said, I don't know, I didn't go out to any of the clubs.
0: <laughs> well, you know what's uh, what with Giannis's you know indelible stamp on this. One of the things that nobody really talked about during the finals, and I suppose it was understandable, the international takeover of the NBA by players not born in North America. Uh, this is yet another exclamation point in that story. Well, I was I was
1: saying and I think I tweeted this last night that wherever David Stern is. Uh, now he's smiling somewhere because you know he's the one who saw that this game could become global and when shoot a a person who grew up selling whatever mangoes on the streets of athens when he was a child becomes the mvp of the finals and wins the championship of america's game i mean it says so much and you just go down the list the dream team dirk Nowitzki. Now, Luka Doncic, uh, shoot, Nikola Nikola Jokic, um, uh, God, who, who am I missing? Oh, Joel Embiid. I mean, it, it keeps going on and on, now. and and I keep thinking to myself, I remember that story of the guy, um, I, I can't remember his name from Argentina, who had a little station. He bought the rights from David Stern, yeah, televised games in Argentina, and. Sure enough, Mono Ginobili, instead of having a poster of Maradona on his wall, grew up with Michael Jordan. And Mono Ginobili became a four, four-time NBA champion. Um, he'll go down in the hall of fame, not just because of what he does as a player, but what he does as an international basketball player for Argentina. And so you're right, this, uh, here's the thing. Brian Scalabrini brought this up on the Sirius radio show and he's brought it up numerous times. And it's like, why don't current players give Giannis his due? And I don't know what that's about. I think it probably has something to do with the foreigner aspect. And I know that LeBron, and I know that Chris Paul had a long-standing relationship with Lebron James. But it was funny how Lebron was tweeting, "One down, three to go. Two down, three, two to go." After Chris Paul won his first two games, and all of a sudden last night, he's like, "Giannis is hooping tonight." <laughs> like all right you know and all of a sudden like oh king james gives him some love will the other nba players uh fall in line and what is that about and i go back to the whole not only the i don't want to call it xenophobia but i think that there's something about like steph curry when he became so good so popular there was almost a backlash against steph curry by the other players like oh he's not he's not hard enough he's not he, you know, like he came from this, and and I think it was because we, the media, we like good guys, and Giannis is a good guy, and so Chris Paul can rub people the wrong way. I, I you know, I see him and he, he knows my face, but it's like he—I'm sure he grates on a lot of reporters. He has a chip on his shoulder for life. That's who he is, and so but Giannis is this guy that's just, you know, he's in love—he's in love with not himself but life. And whenever he speaks to somebody, and whenever he does something charitable, whenever he makes somebody feel good, we see that and we go, wow, this is great. And I think it's a backlash. Like the media loves the guy so much. So therefore, we have we can't give him our due.
0: It's hard. We saw it with
1: Steph Curry and we did it with and it's happened with Giannis. And I just hope that players understand that this is one of the not only the premier players in their game, but right now, the best. And the top of his game, and I would call, you know, I always said this: Paul Pierce, 2008 Finals, he wins the MVP. I don't care what Shaquille O'Neal was in the league. I don't care if Kobe Bryant was in the league. At that moment, Paul Pierce was the best player in the game, and I would say that about Giannis after tonight, after last night
0: it's hard not to root for a guy like Giannis because for, for just so many reasons, some of which you already covered as far as his humble beginnings and, and you know, where he started and where he's gotten to, but there's a few other things here. Number one, Milwaukee has never been considered a sexy destination for superstar players. And in this age where players can control their own destiny by going ahead and hooking up with their friends, um, Giannis kind of took a little bit of, swipe, of a swipe at those guys last night in some of his post-game comments. He said, we did this the hard way. You know, basically what are you saying? I could have went to another team. I could have done my part and won a championship, but he stayed in Milwaukee. He, he, the management there did a wonderful job surrounding him with some of the kind of glue guys like, you know, Drew Holiday, P.J. Tucker, um, those sorts of guys to, to help him do what he did. But uh, this is, you know, a, an unbelievable achievement. And, and really, for a, for a franchise like Milwaukee, which, you know, has, you know, had never really recovered from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar leaving there in the mid-1970s, they never really even got back to the NBA Finals until this year. So there's that. And then there's also this little historical tidbit. And again, I'm not, I didn't look this up, but there are now three Antetokounmpo brothers with championship rings. Giannis, of course, the Nassis, who was unable to be there on uh, Tuesday night because of the COVID. And I'm sure that was deeply, uh, you know, disappointing for Giannis, considering what a family guy he is. And Kostas, who picked up a ring in 2020 with the Los Angeles Lakers.
1: Right. He talked about that last
0: time. Yeah. So you've got three brothers uh, from Greece, whose names barely fit on the back of their jersey with uh, chips and uh <laughs> That's just a nice little footnote to this whole thing, but um, fifty yeah. points, yeah, it was, it was great.
1: And I thought, as much as you saw Giannis grow up in the playoffs from people counting down his free throws and him sort of blocking that out or using it as motivation, you also saw Devin Booker, as great as he is and as great as he's going to be, he's got a couple, you know, he's got a couple more steps to take on the on the championship rung before he gets there. I sort of, what Chris Paul, as good as he was, he just felt this need to dominate the ball last night. And I felt like they really, you know, I felt like Devin Booker was off his rhythm and I thought that was part of it. Um, I don't, you know, I look, all I know is Drew Holiday, if you talk about role players. They don't, they're not even in position to win that game last night if, if they give away that game five in Phoenix after their lead, and Drew Holiday doesn't have that steal in that lob at the end, that was such a we talk about like the seminal defining moment of that series. To me, that was it because I thought genuinely the box. I mean, Phoenix was just raucous; it was it was just, you know deafening, and then the comeback was co- almost complete, and they just needed one more bucket, and da da da, da and boom! Here's this here. Drew Holiday comes out of nowhere, makes the steal, um, you know, and, and turns the series. And it, it remind you know it just remind me of a lot of sort of key moments in different series, including that one where Tayshawn Prince chased down Reggie Miller against the Pistons year uh, for the Pistons against Pacers years ago. I just think that man, just a uh, I don't know. The, the, you're right. Like the constant pressure on Chris Paul, everything. That guy was, uh, you know, he's going to, he's like a third star in the rung of, you know, shoot, Mono Ginobili, James Worthy, that, that kind of third guy, like Chris Middleton to me is the perfect s- complimentary secondary all-star where he knows Giannis is the guy, but every now and then he could be the guy. And well, so I, I just think they're, you know, I, I don't know his, the, the, that whole team, I like everything about them, um, you know, Mike Budenholzer showed that, you know, coaching is how your players play. Sometimes <laughs> whether they get over the hump, you can do everything you can. You know, Michael Budenholzer was not going to be any greater a coach had he um, not won this series, and he wasn't going to be any worse a coach if he got fired. He just had it happened to work out for him, and now he's going to get a contract extension, and things will be great.
0: Well. You know, you mentioned the holiday strip and the alley oop uh, at the end of Game Five, but to me, the most unforgettable play of the series was when Giannis, you know, blocked DeAndre Ayton in Game Four on that lob pass, that alley oop, and mm. and Giannis was right there. I mean, to that me, huge. that was that that was right up there with the uh, with the LeBron James block on um, Andre Iguodala in. Well, yeah, the-
1: as- Giannis had about four chase down blocks in this series that reminded me of that LeBron play against Andre Iguodala. Remember game one, he did it, even though they lost. I mean, he had some unbelievable chase down blocks.
0: When you think about, you know, that he, you know, that, that hyperextended knee against Atlanta and to come from that, to put on a, a, a six game performance capped by a 50 point game five block shots there was another one last night where DeAndre Ayton went up for a ball and Giannis just swatted it back in his face and I'm pretty sure it started a fast break although don't hold me to that but um you couldn't do more and and as far as Drew Holiday is concerned I'll tell you what he couldn't throw it in the ocean on Tuesday night he was four out of 19 from the floor but the defense the rebounding the passing the floor game the 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 maturity Um, just, you know, so many many unsung heroes. I mean, P.J. Tucker just hounding Devin Booker all night. Devin shot eight out of 22, so he got his shots. But I mean, P.J. Tucker was just a relentless force. And if you remember in game three, when Milwaukee was down 0-2 and it was like, okay, the whole season's on the line in game three. It was P.J. Tucker in game three, didn't have big numbers, but he showed that team what playing desperate was all about. He lit the fuse for that game, for that comeback. And it just carried through for four straight games. And again, he's a 35 year old guy, somewhat of a journeyman. He's been on a bunch of different teams, but again, it's those kinds of guys that, that, that come through that, that, that take a team like Milwaukee, who was knocking on the door and and help push them over the top. Obviously Giannis is the story. But without guys like Tucker and Middleton, whom you mm. mentioned before, and and you know Holiday, and even a guy like Pat Connaughton, who you know he he went scoreless in Game Six, but he had eight rebounds. Okay, he, yeah. and he was flying all over the place. So a total team effort, but with a, a singular historic performance by the Greek freak. But oh, Mike, uh, I know you want. I, to talk oh, by to the a way, little,
1: I, really really quick, Bruce. Yeah. I have a, a breaking news right here.
0: Uh, Jay Williams
1: of ESPN. Uh, just uh, said to me that um, uh, Giannis told him never to compare him to Tevin- Kevin Durant ever again. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, well, of course, that goes back to the joke where Kevin Durant apparently told Jay Williams never to compare him to Giannis Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo and KD denied it. Of course, that means it happened. And, um, and anyway, I-, I think it's funny. Um, also, another uh, advanced analytics stat I came up with last night: Giannis is one and zero when Scott
0: Foster refs NBA Finals game. You Like that? Did you see the Did you see the little video clip last night of Foster yeah. talking to Chris Paul prior to the game? Yeah. Chris Paul is now zero and thirteen in playoff games officiated by Scott Foster. He was zero and eleven, and then he lost two more. So. Uh, you know scott foster's picture is on chris paul's dartboard in the game room at uh, casa paul wherever that may yeah be, i'd
1: like to see that. how many calls foster was involved with last night that had to do with the downfall of the you know what chris paul dominating the ball and getting checked by drew holiday had let more to do with that uh at times than anything um let's see i don't you know we got to talk I, about we got to talk about
0: last night's x factor though Bobby, Bobby. Oh yeah,
1: oh. he's uh, he's that new cult hero off the bench, isn't he in the NBA? He's that new guy, you know. Like he's, gosh, I'm trying to think of who who uh, you know. He's almost like a Michael Cooper uh, kind of guy, but he's so so. I guess he's so popular with the fans; they love him there. And uh, yeah, he just did everything. He did everything, and you know, he made big shots. And um, you know, look for a while i thought frank kaminsky was going to lead them to victory the Suns, and that was kind of wild not taking well, he's in wisconsin his home state who
0: knows i um, was but yeah the- I, w- I was thinking that when when ayton went out of the game and towards the end of the third quarter with four personals and frank came in i thought okay the air is about to go out of this balloon but kaminsky was really impressive in his nine or ten or twelve minutes of play so uh uh, and you're right. I mean, uh, back in his home state of Wisconsin, uh, he was good. But but there was one moment last night, you know, you talk about the guys, the, the supporting cast. Remember when Bobby Portis got called for that fouling, went sprinting down the court and he got, oh, and he got a technical, technical. Yeah. And then Chris Middleton right, went up to him and got right in his face and said, dude, you cannot be doing this. You, and, yeah. and Paul ended up missing the technical free throw after that which was a ball don't lie moment, uh, as I think Brini on the broadcast said about, you know, Rashid Wallace is smiling somewhere. Ball don't lie. Right, right, right. But again, that's the kind of leadership. That's the kind of maturity that um, Chris Middleton, who kind of had an ordinary game last night, he only took 13 shots, had 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 17 points, but he had five. He made some. Ball. He made some big buckets near the end. Yep, and he had five boards, five assists, and four steals, and that leadership was huge. So uh, yeah. there's a guy he was a he wasn't even a G League guy; he was a D League guy. in right. came the G League, and yeah. so you have got to be happy for a guy like Chris.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the whole book Bucks organization. I mean, I just think you know, like Mark Lassery, uh small market owner with New York billions, Chris Middleton, the perfect complementary player. Giannis is upon us now for good and I like that. Um, everything that they are and and what they represent, I think is great. and I was thinking this I, think, I was thinking about this last night too. So like if you're a New York Knicks fan today or you know and, and okay, you're glad that they got into the playoffs this year and they, they had a little dramatic series against the Hawks until Trey Young took over. but but if you're looking at it like some you know you're, you're our age or you're, you're even older and you're thinking to yourself, you know, well, I remember Earl Monroe and Bill Jackson and Willis and all those guys winning that champion. Walt Frazier winning that championship in 73. And since then, the biggest mar- media market in America, the team with the most money, the team with the the all the means to get it done, they haven't done it in almost 50 years. And markets like, shoot, I mean, all three Texas teams have won a combined nine titles, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio over those years. Um, uh, Portland won a championship with Walton in 77, since uh, uh, um, uh, Milwaukee now, Um, Miami three times with Pat Riley. That's not one of the biggest media markets in the country. It's it's a little bigger than Milwaukee, but it's not that big. These, all these teams that you would think the Knicks would have, you know, the, the expansion teams like man, like this. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine how many. If I was a Knicks fan, all the teams, the small market teams that have had the success like Milwaukee has, that just that would rankle me to the no end. The Knicks
0: are. Definitely moving in the right direction. I mean, look, they had, right. they, they they had you know a, a really good season this season, and I think their fans are very excited about the future. They've got a couple of first round picks coming up in the eighteen to twenty four range, which I don't think they're even going to use them. I think they're going to try and package those picks uh, and and perhaps try and get a point guard because Derrick Rose is towards the end now, even though he played really well for them this year. That team needs a point guard, but that team's really a, a point guard away from being a team that will, that will win a first round series uh, next year and not be eliminated in the first round provided, you know, RJ Barrett continues to grow, whatever, but um Knicks fans should be pretty happy. I mean, it's it's very wide open moving forward. I mean, look, Milwaukee will certainly be considered one of the favorites next year, as will Phoenix. I mean, I think we got to give Phoenix a little bit of credit here for what they did this year, too, Mike. Don't you uh, think? I mean, oh they were- yeah, they came
1: from no if you would have if you would have asked me this time last year who was gonna be in the NBA finals, the Phoenix Suns would have been number 23 <laughs> or 21. You know, like, I'm not saying that I didn't think anything of them. I thought they were a playoff team after coming after what they did in the bubble being undefeated. But I didn't think that they were going to do, you know, I didn't think they were going to go to the NBA finals. And okay, it took maybe an Anthony Davis injury and 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 a sprint of a COVID, you know, pandemic season to do it. But whatever, whatever the case, I mean, Chris Paul's, you know, going to be 37 soon. You know, like, he made it through this season, he got him to the NBA finals. you know Monty Williams you can't nobody nobody roots harder for him than than anybody who knows him I mean he's just yeah the Suns are great and they're going to be good for a long time I just don't I hope they're not the Orlando magic of Shaq and Penny where you know that remember that team they had all these nice parts Horace Grant and uh, shoot Anthony Bowie and they had Nick Anderson and they had uh, Dennis Scott and, they had, and everybody said their, their whole mantra was why not us? Why not now? And they were young and they were hungry and it was Shaq's second or third year in the league. And bottom line is they, Shaq left, they fell apart. Ryan Hill got fired. Like, I don't think that's going to happen in, um, in in Phoenix because Chris Paul, I mean, um, I'm sorry, Devin Booker and, I, and DeAndre Ayton is going to be there irrespective of w- what's going on with Chris Paul. But, um, you know, you'd hate to see everybody get healthy. And look at the West. I mean, you know, Clay Thompson's going to get healthy. Um, Jamal Murray's going to get healthy. <laughs> uh, Utah's probably going to get a little better. The Lakers still have probably one, one or two more runs in them. And, you know, and the Clippers, they were on the doorstep. Um, so, I, boy, the, it's, it, it's a battlefield. The West is a battlefield. And the fact that Phoenix got through it, like I hope this wasn't their one chance in the last in the next five.
0: You know, Phoenix had a had a charmed life in many ways uh, in the postseason. In round one, they got by the Lakers. Anthony Davis wasn't himself. In round two, they swept a the Nuggets team that was missing Jamal Murray. In round three, they didn't have to go against Kawhi Leonard in the Clippers series, so they had that going. So finally, in the finals, they ran into a Bucks team that was for the most part, pretty whole, you know, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, who started for them this season, wasn't there, but other than that, they were, they were pretty healthy and, and, you know, obviously well coached, but I think what the Suns learned in the finals is what a lot of young teams learn in the, in the NBA playoffs. You almost have to lose in the finals or in late in the playoffs as a young team to kind of get those battle scars and to kind of learn some of the tough lessons if they would have won the finals, it would have been remarkable in that they would have basically, like you know, uh, you know had a, had a had a wonderful you know problem free run. But what ends what ended up happening is they ran into some real gritty guys, right? And I'm not saying Phoenix isn't gritty; they are okay. They definitely are. Chris Paul's gritty, you know. Booker, Aiton, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder defines grittiness as far as I'm concerned. So they're they almost kind of needed to go through this. And if they can keep the band together, all those teams you mentioned are ec- in the West are going to be excellent next season. But so is Phoenix. And and Chris Paul's got a 44 million player option for next year. And I was reading a story in The Athletic this morning. I think it was from Anthony Slater, who's a terrific writer for those guys. He was saying it was unthinkable prior to this season to think that Chris Paul might turn down that player option for next year, but he might actually get a three-year deal for about a hundred million out of Phoenix. If he, uh, if they want to keep him and they feel he's, you know, necessary for them to move forward. So, um, Phoenix is going to be just fine. The future looks great. Booker, Aiton, Bridges, you know, with, with a few of the veterans sprinkled in, um, Congrats to them. I mean, they were wonderful. They were, they were a great story this year. Monty Williams, like you said, uh, he was my preseason pick for coach of the year. I, I thought he deserved it. Uh, he didn't get it, although the coaches voted him coach of the year. The official award went to uh, Tom Thibodeau. But uh, congratulations to Phoenix. They, they were wonderful, a great story, and we're going to see much more of those guys in the future.
1: I agree. I agree. Well, it was a great season. Um, I, you know, I, I, my one prediction that I had, um, and shoot, I don't know what it was around Christmas kind of came true. I said the fans would be, the stands would be full for the NBA finals and they almost were. I thought that that would be the time the COVID started to subside and we get the vaccine, you know, we were starting to get the vaccination out. And like, so that part is great. You know, now this variants going around. I don't know, like that whole Milwaukee Deer District. And I, I was worried that was just, a you know, a walking Delta variant. I mean, it was just scary.
0: <laughs> I didn't but, see any masks in that crowd, by the way.
1: Well, but the nice thing is, is Milwaukee went, you know, Milwaukee County itself went, definitely went blue. And Wisconsin switched back to blue. So the chances are that a lot of those people were vaccinated. Um, And I hate to make it a red state, blue state thing, but it is, let's be honest. I mean, you know, like, like the red states today are are, are high-fiving Rand Paul's Twitter account saying, oh, you took Fauci down. And the rest of sane America is going, yeah, uh, that was kind of stupid. And, and, uh, you know, Rand Paul is not a doctor. In fact, he's, he shouldn't even be a Senator. He he looks like he stayed at a Holiday Inn last night and became one.
0: Isn't he an eye doctor though? He's an eye doctor, but... He doesn't, oh, that's seem, right. He doesn't seem to have much vision when it comes to.
1: No, this. no. He's look. I, even if I was politically in his corner, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. He's a, he's a headline grabber. He's, he's an ambulance chaser. He's the worst. But anyway, <laughs> what um, do you really think, Mike? Yeah. Joel Embiid would freaking flush. Joel Embiid might just dunk Rand Paul through the rim in um, mass. Yeah. Um, All right. So look, great season. Um, I think we'll be back next week with shoot. Are we going to go on Carolina? Um, uh, are we going to go care is Carolina on our
0: mind, as James Taylor would say, Carolina is on our mind for the month of August. And uh, we've been kind of playing it a little bit close to the vest because we didn't want to talk about this until we got it in the can as they speak. But, uh, Uh, The August, uh, we're going to have four straight shows in August, four straight Mike Wise shows with a great panel talking about the Carolina family, the Carolina basketball family, the legacy of Dean Smith. It's a great little offseason series with some great voices from from Matt Doherty, from George Lynch, from George Carl, from Brad Doherty, from Larry Brown, and, and even Sam Perkins with a hilarious story about George Carl. That you're not going to want to miss uh listeners when you check us out in august and uh yes so that's uh we're really excited about that mike and i have been working on this and uh it's it's gonna it's gonna you guys are gonna love it carolina blue ribbon panel as they
1: say mm, uh, i'm looking forward to it and i'm glad you put all those guys together it's gonna be fun all right sir um that'll do it
0: that was dope oh!
1: Time to wrap things up. Thank you, Bruce, for joining me and
0: also producing the show as always. Now, please hit us with the promos, my friend. Thank you, Mike. And once again, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. And thank you to our wonderful editor, Kristen Woolley. You're the best, Kristen. Thank you. Please check out all of our Pure Hoops media shows. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin this week. Have the voice of ESPN Radio, our good pal Mark Kesticher with his reflections on the playoffs. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt is going to have Vinny Goodwill of Yahoo Sports with his feelings on the Bucks' championship run. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman have the Pure Hoops podcast each Friday. And we have a second Mike Wise show this week with Bobby Marks, the ESPN front office insider, getting us ready for the NBA draft. Uh, And as uh, we mentioned a few moments ago, uh, the four-part series in August on the Mike Wise show featuring uh, North Carolina basketball legends discussing the Tar Heel basketball family, you're not going to want to miss that. And as always, if you want to hear some choice discussions from all of our shows, subscribe to the Pure Hoops Media Quick Hitters. And we have many great audio segments on our audio and video segments on our YouTube channel. So go to YouTube and search Pure Hoops Media. Mike, why don't you land this plane? I'm going to land it right now, but first I want to thank
1: um, old Milwaukee beer. They, they're our new sponsor. Um, you remember that commercial? Uh, it was incredible. Uh, uh, leave it to Beaver's Tony Dow was even in it um, if you don't know it, but but e- e- either way, please get vaccinated. I don't care if you're right, left, conservative, uh, progressive, liberal, um, Democrat, Republican. I don't care. If you believe in the communist. Anar- yeah, anarchist, communist. If you believe the the news, COVID cases are rising in areas where fewer people are vaccinated. So why would you put yourself at risk? Be smart. Go get the shot so you can lose the mask and people can see your smiling face. If you choose not to, you're making a mistake that could come back to haunt you and us. All right. If you're one of the misguided souls who haven't gotten a vaccination, keep wearing the mask in public so you don't get us sick. Keep your guard up and be smart. Until next time. Aloha, everyone. The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of pure hoops media.